Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Pishkama! Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the misty highlands of Scotland, is spiritualist medium Stephen Scott. Hi, good evening, Ron. Did you get my opening? Or did you, we're not on yet. I was just coming in. Uh, fish, very, fish very quickly. Sorry? Fish gamma. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what you even said? I, I, I don't want to repeat it in public. Um, <laughs> I thought this was good evening. Oh, right. Yes, of course. In Gaelic. Is it? Right, okay. Okay, yes. Uh, that's close enough. What kind of Scotsman are you? It's close enough. It's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> How about I just say it in American? Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles right here on TojiNet and PowerX Radio if it's up. And anyways, uh, I, I've been watching, and, and we were talking a little bit before I came on the air about uh, some of the, the Scottish comedies. And uh, I, I do have to put the uh, closed caption on. I, I have to admit that. Uh, but the, the humor, I, I can't believe you can get away with that stuff on TV. It's, <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's close to the bone sometimes. <laughs> it's pretty edgy, I'll tell you. It is, it is very edgy. Yes, we uh, we we don't have um, we don't have a lot of stop gaps in Scottish comedy. We just go straight for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you know, some of them, I I, I really like. Uh, I see them, and I kind of, but I, I have no clue what they really mean. So it's like, uh, I'll have to t ask you off the air, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know there's there's a whole bit, especially on Chewing the Fat, where they there's something serious going on. And then they, they take their two hands and their fingers, and they put them under their chin, and they flap their fingers. <laughs> Ooh, that yeah, thing. that's it. That's it. <laughs> what the hell is that? Right. Uh, it's kind of like... Um... It's kind of like saying, look at you. Do, you, do you think you're special? How important do you think you are? Do you think you're a big person? Why should we bother with you <laughs> kind of thing? You know, it's like, it's like, it's a bit like when someone would kind of, uh, I've seen it on a couple of the cop shows, you know, somebody flicks under their chin with their fingers. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the same as that. It's kind of like flipping the bird, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's the hand under the uh, fingers under the chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a woman on a deathbed saying goodbye to the priests and the sons, and, the, and they all go, Aah! It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you do have to know what that means before it becomes funny, otherwise, it just looks weird. <laughs> yeah, well, I knew it was something funny because it was funny anyway. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. Um, I was trying to get a hold of you with on Facebook today, but of course Facebook uh, decided to take a time out, so I'm not sure what's going on there. 
But you know what I think it was, Stephen, is, is yesterday was my birthday, and I had uh, quite a few birthday wishes, <clears throat> quite a few. And being the guy I am, I decided to answer them all. So uh, wow. I, was, I was right in the middle of it when uh, it, it kind of like <laughs> it said enough of this. <laughs> yeah. It ended on me, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so if you didn't get a thank you for my your birthday wish, uh, <clears throat> I did send it, but Facebook wouldn't wouldn't. So anyway, <laughs> all right. So I've got actually a show prepared. There's a few topic topics I want to talk about, and uh, some of these are, are you know paranormal related, and some are kind of interesting. And I don't know, of course, because we won't be able to communicate how much you know about them. But I'd I'd like to at least talk about them and, and see if you you know what they're about. Because some of them are recent, some of them are a little older, um, but they, you know, they're all pretty well known. And uh, this is uh, ten most fascinating unsolved mysteries from Scotland. Mm. And number number one they had was oh. I was going to have somebody look at these for me. Uh, the fairy coffins from 1836. Yes. Oh, yes. I keep meaning to get along to see them for you. Mm-hmm. Is this a subtle hint? <laughs> no, it's number one on the list. No, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's uh, basically in June 1836, five young boys out hunting for rabbits came across 17 miniature coffins hidden in a cave on Arthur's Seat. What the hell is yes. Arthur's Seat? Arthur's Seat is a large hill uh, uh, in Edinburgh city centre. Uh, quite literally, Edinburgh city centre is not like a regular city centre. It has large green spaces as well. And there's mm-hmm. this massive big stone outcropping just down at the bottom of Holyrood where the Scottish Parliament meets. And th- th- the top of that is Arthur's Seat. It's used for quite a lot of ritual throughout the year as well. Oh. Fire festivals and that kind of thing, they all go is up it, there. Is it named after King Arthur? By any chance? Just... Do you know that? I, I believe so, but I honestly couldn't answer that with 100% certainty. Okay, I was just guessing about it. Anyways, uh, they were arranged in three tiers and covered by slate. Each coffin contained a small wooden figure in uh, custom-made clothes. Oh, my God, that's a lot of work. Nobody knows what they represent or why they were placed here. One theory is they represented the 17 victims of the murderers and grave robbers, Burke and Hare, while some believe they belong to witches casting spells on individuals. So what, what do you got any take on this at all? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, to be honest, uh, I should also point out Arthur's seat is a, a dormant, I believe, completely dormant volcano as well. It's, it was oh, wow. a site of volcanic activity, which I think is why the fire festival goes back there. Oh. Uh, I quickly Googled that while you were talking because I was trying to remember why the fire festival went there and that's what it was. Oh. Um, but so it, is, it, it was the site of an active volcano. Um, mm-hmm. But the with regards to those small coffins, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I could easily see it being... They've obviously been put there as some sort of memento or, I believe, some sort of offering. Or mm-hmm. it, it's, it's obviously very symbolic. I mean, you don't place... You don't create and make and place miniature coffins for any reason. Yeah, so they, handmade clothes and everything. Yeah, they certainly sound like some sort of poppet to me. You, you know, like some sort of witch's doll or whatever. Yeah. Whether it was there to bring someone peace or to uh, 
commemorate uh, a passing or whatever. So it, it, it could be both. Both are viable sure. options. It could be that someone put them there who was of, a, you know, a non-regular denominational religion who put them there right. as a remembrance to victims of either famine or plague or whatever. Well, did you say it was like a a, a spiritual place? It's it's they take a lot of the fire festivals and firewalks. You have to give us uh, a little let let our listeners know what a, the firewalk is. The the, the fire festival is it's uh, bringing in the I believe it's the midsummer festival. Uh, oh. I keep meaning to go to it, but I'm always too busy with work whenever it comes round. And it's basically it's a procession that goes from effectively, without going into the geography of the area, the centre of the city all the way through and up to the top of Arthur's Seat, and you have various. Uh, Fire. When I say fire performers, I'm talking about pagan-style fire performance. I'm not talking about, you know, like fire breathers and jugglers and that kind of thing. That uh-huh. does take place, but it's there to admonish the, if I remember correctly, the incoming of the change of seasons and everything. And it's it's to bring in the midsummer. I believe it's the midsummer festival. Oh, okay. And uh, so that's well, well, someday somebody will do some more research for me. I will. Wait, wait, nudge, research. nudge. <laughs> I will definitely get there and do it. Uh, and uh, we've—I mean, we've been to some of the festivals in Edinburgh yeah. because we've—we've we've been to the—you've got the Beltane Fire Festival, which is the the main one, mm-hmm. and that's when they do the big walk, which is obviously the. Sorry, I, I said midsummer. I'm slightly off. It's it's the end of April that they usually do it for Beltane, and uh, I believe it goes all the way up there, and it's it's just there to. Uh, I don't want to say commemorate, but it's it's there to be reminded of our our past. Our, we have a very pagan past in Scotland, and it's it's quite a, an amazing thing when you see the photographs and everything of it. And if anyone wants to go on and look at the Beltane Fire Festival, they've got their own website, they've got their own um, Facebook page, Facebook page, <laughs> and everything. Yeah, but it's it's well worth looking at because it's it's quite an amazing spectacle. Uh, to see these hundreds and hundreds of people walking through the city in various garb and guise, um, looking, you know, commemorating all this rich religious and uh, pagan history that we have in Scotland. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to number two. And uh, this is, well, this is still pretty old too. This is 1866, Mount Steward Murder. Uh, when Janet Rogers, a domestic servant, was found dead in a pool of blood by her brothers uh, at Perthshire Farm, detectives launched a huge investigation which uh, had become UK's oldest unsolved murder mystery. Her brother, William Henderson, had returned to Mount Stewart Farm House outside of Fog and Denny near Perth, like I know any of these places, <laughs> on finding no response, he climbed in through a window where he saw his sister's body. She had been bludgeoned to death with an axe. A plowman was initially accused of the crime uh, after a botched robbery. The jury took only 12 minutes to return re- re- uh, a verdict of not proven. So have you ever heard of that one? Uh, no, to be honest, no. Uh, I hadn't heard of that one. Uh, I've just brought up some details on it there, and I'm looking at it as I'm talking to you. Oh, uh, good. So, yeah, that's a new one on me, and um, it's 
it's not something that uh, I had been aware of, but it certainly sounds like a an interesting mystery. Um, particularly, do you it know what that is? Do you know what that I, is? I know it. I, I don't know where Mount Stewart Farm is, but I'd, mm-hmm. I've I've been in the Perthshire area quite a lot. Uh, and it would be very easy to find the location of it. Obviously, I'm not going to go snooping about it or anything like that. But um, <laughs> Probably haunted, you know. It may very well be. What's suspicious is it says she had been clubbed to death with an axe. Mm. Surely that's holding the axe the wrong way round. <laughs> I'm a bit confused well, with that. Well, I mean, if they used a blunt push, that, that would be clubbing, wouldn't it, as well? Yeah, that's what's strange. Um, you know, I mean, you'd have to use the, the sharp point. Maybe they didn't want to make a mess. Yeah, pointy end forward is a general rule. But yeah. um, Ooh, sorry good. to be glib about that. that. It's a terrible I remember that. <laughs> Thank you, my shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right, that's that's oh. one, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we had a uh, murder here on uh, Smanios Island, uh, where two uh, women were killed, uh, bludgeoned to death, and uh, we had a trial, and they. Uh, they went to Boston and got this fisherman that, that supposedly was the murderer. And uh, But there's a lot of questions in that one, too. And this was way out on an island all by itself. So there's a lot of interesting murder mysteries out there that uh, worth looking at. And, and you know what's intriguing is we had uh, on the international show yesterday, Steve Parson and myself had this gentleman on who wrote a book. Uh, you know, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yes. Uh, he believed that that was written to expose the identity of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it, it's possible. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you listen to the possible. guy, yeah. uh, there was lots of uh, anachronism. Yeah, what do you call them? You know, you, where you take the names and swap them around. And, yep, they acronyms. Yeah, anachronisms, those things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <I don't>, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on to number three. Uh, this is a little more recent. Uh, I don't know if you were around by then. 1945, probably not. But it's no. close enough that you might know a little bit about it. Uh, the Aberdeen Harbor Arm, uh, collecting driftwood along the coastline at the entrance of Aberdeen's busy harbor, a local man spotted something white and gleaming amongst the seaweed. On closer inspection, he discovered it was a severed human arm tied at one end with a loop of twine. Fingerprints were taken uh, from the arm and matched that of a 17-year-old local girl, Betty Haddon, H-A-D-D-E-N. Betty uh, was known to frequent the harbor, uh, catching the eye of uh, visiting sailors. Extensive searches uh, met a dead end, and the rest of her remains were never found. Hmm. Ever heard anything about that? Uh, no, no. Nope. Uh, in all honesty, I had not. But uh, that sounds like any Saturday night in Aberdeen, to be honest. Um, it's, Ab- Aberdeen has officially some of the roughest establishments I have ever had the misfortune of walking into in my life. Um, and I've been very scared for my safety uh, when I was working up in wait, Aberdeen wait, wait. for a couple of weeks. This is the guy who knows Aikido. That's irrelevant. <laughs> That's really, you can't do Aikido when someone throws a sheep at you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, uh, a sheep. A sheep like an animal? Yeah, like an animal, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, That's a joke, especially for any Aberdonians that happen to be listening. I can't oh. go into that in details. Um, no, I don't but 
yes. Um, Aberdeen is uh, it's uh, often known in Scotland as the the furry boot town. <laughs> the furry boot town. Furry boot town. Yes, because that's how they talk. They don't say, uh, you know, whereabouts are you from. It comes out as furry boots are you fae. Which means your fae? Furry boots are you fae. It furry means where it, it, it means whereabouts are you from. So you know, <laughs> furry boots, whereabouts. <laughs> so yeah. Good to know because I get lost in in, uh, in Aberdeen. You can say, <laughs> you can actually ask them where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I hadn't heard of that one before. Um, but um, I'm just—I've I've found some details in that as well. Yeah, it was Betty Haddon, um, frequent the harbour, catching the eye of visiting sailors. It says. Yes. That's so she I was said. most likely a lady of ill repute. Wow, that was a little it's, harsh. No, it says here Betty was oh. known to frequent the harbour, catching the eye of visiting sailors. That only. Wait, wait, but what do you jump to? A woman of ill repute. It says yeah. she was she was known to frequent the harbour. Yeah, she likes collecting seashells by the no, seashore. No, 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 no. Catching <laughs> the eye of visiting sailors. That doesn't mean they were throwing eyes at her. That means that she was trying to get their attention. Well, when she was bending over picking up the seashells, they probably... Oh, yes, that was butt. catching the attention of the sailors <laughs> on purpose. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, so, fine, yeah. fine. That's what I take from that. Um, yes, that's, a, that's, that's a, again once again. It's a, it's an awful thing to happen, but uh, it's I, I, I'm, I take it when it says it's it's unsolved. It means that they never found anyone who did it. Yeah, they never found the body either, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, fingerprints match those of a girl. Yeah, so she may yeah. not even she may not have been killed. What, just her head, head arm was chopped off. It's possible. I suppose. Suppose. I mean, you never know. Oh, here we go. There's a new twist. You should write a book now. <laughs> <laughs> Could do, yeah. Benny Haddon, half half uh, cousin of the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland's most unsolved, ridiculous answers. <laughs> that's, that's what the book would be. Yeah. So it's uh, no, I, I hadn't heard of that one before. Although, yeah, was... mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think I know where you're going next, and this one I've definitely heard of. Yeah, okay, so you, you, you're following in the same thing I'm reading? <laughs> I may be. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I do want to mention that there have been similar mysteries. Uh, I know in uh, Vancouver they found uh, for quite a while there were feet washing up on shore. Really? Just feet? Just feet. Just feet. With shoes on? Nope. No, and she's <laughs> just feet. Yep, no, uh, that's it. Just feet. Well, Seriously. And then there was another case in Washington D.C. where they they another foot washed up with just a sneaker on it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I suppose that if you think about it, if you're going to have an accident at sea, then there's a good chance that I mean I, I I'm constantly telling my wife I I, I have a love hate relationship with the sea because uh-huh. I enjoy being at it, I enjoy mm. being on it, but I know that everything underneath that water wants to eat me. <laughs> No, they don't. Yes, they do. If no, you fell in the water don't. and died, everything in there will eat you. Absolutely well, everything. If, yes, yes. If you fell in the water and died, I will give yes. you that. But yeah. when you're alive and kicking, they really They still don't. want to eat you. They just no, can't they do it very don't. well. 
want yes, to eat you. Yes, they do. No, they don't. They don't even like human meat that much. How do you know? I've asked them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an animal communicator. I'm an animal communicator. <laughs> I had one talk to a shark. Oh, do you like white meat? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like a bit off the back. Yeah. <laughs> I w- actually, I was watching. I have been watching on Netflix. Uh, the three shows, uh, 72 Most Dangerous Animals. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's on Australia uh, was one, uh, Asia, and um, what was the other one? Oh, it was South America. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they have all experts on. These guys are whacked out of their minds, if you ask me. There's oh, yeah, one guy who's there called, called the, uh, the he, he's the king of pain or something. What he does is he goes and gets himself bitten by snakes and, and all kinds of poisonous stuff, and then he rates the poison on it, I mean the pain on it, and puts it in the, yep. in the scale. Yep. Soft is shite. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I mean yeah. it's, it's, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah, you, 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 I, I mean, honestly, you have to worry about the sanity of people like that. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's not normal. That's not normal behaviour. <laughs> and again, who am I to judge normal? I think uh, we can judge that one as not normal. <laughs> there, are, there are experts. They do have uh, several shock experts on there, too, as well. And uh, they work with shocks all the time. And they say shocks really, even the most dangerous ones, the ones that were up in the top of the scale of the most dangerous animals, were really... Uh, they're really not interested in you. Most of, the t- most of the attacks are mistaken attacks. They mistake you for a seal or another animal in yeah, distress. Yeah. They don't realise it's a human. Yeah, you know, or, and to, let's face it, they don't care if it's a human, but they would rather, you know, we're not we're not meant to be in the sea. We came from the sea and we're not meant to go back to it. You know, no, it's I don't just, know. I don't know. It's just one of those things. You're going to be yeah. one with everything. <laughs> It's the Zen shark. He was one with everything. I really believe that, though. I believe that it's... Uh, I don't believe in stupidity. Get me right. <laughs> but I believe if you come to a situation that uh, uh, the animal really is not there to harm you, it's it's more there for a particular reason, whether you pissed them off or... Uh, hmm. Or uh, you know they they feel endangered or they feel threatened. Well, I mean, yeah, that's people... a... Go ahead. See, it's, I mean, we as human beings, right? It, most human beings, unless you're a specialist in, in anim- specific animal behaviours, we mm-hmm. put ourselves into an animal's environment. We do not know what that creature is thinking. Oh yeah. Right. We don't have a clue. It's working off sensory equipment and uh, internal impulses that are so mm-hmm. alien to us, they may as well be from the planet Mars. Right. And we don't know how they're going to react. So when you get these very Darwinist incidents where people, one, they go off on their own to go swimming with sharks, then try and put their head in the mouth of a shark <laughs> just to see what happens. You know, mm. this is this is this is natural selection and process here. That gene pool is not supposed to go any further than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's just how I feel about that type of thing. But you know, when people are doing proper studies, then yeah, it's it's completely different. You know, that's an entirely different field. Yeah, th- there are some stupid people. I mean, we just had one here in the states uh, where she climbed over the. Bar- to take a selfie with the uh, jaguar, and of course, the, I mean, come the, jag- on. the jaguar yeah. mauled, mauled her arm, and yeah, yeah. So and then, like... then, unfortunately, the animal gets put down. 
You know? Thank God they didn't. I was really happy about that, but they yeah, didn't. because yeah. Oh, yeah, those types of stupid things annoy me. Mm. I, I on the uh, uh, morning show this week we talked about uh, this guy who was doing uh, research on sardines, and he got uh, swallowed by a whale. <laughs> <laughs> got sucked in by mistake. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. The whale spit him out, so that was... No, well, that, that's not so bad. <laughs> but let's face it, that would be the most heartfelt, terrifying 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Probably... Not, I mean, a whale's mouth's kind of big, so it's not like being in the shack where you be in, you can see your own blood and everything. It's kind of like... Yeah, but that's you know, just it. You're, in a, you're literally enclo- enclosed in a tomb that's going to digest you over the next three days. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this, this is not fun. You know, if that was me, the whale would spit me out because of the taste, and I'll not tell you what I did to cause a bad taste. <laughs> but, but you can hazard a guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, anyway. Okay, so moving on to our next one, which you, you told me you know about. It's, of course, uh, Flan Island. Flan Island, yes. You, you want to take this one? I'll let you take it if you know it. Well, it's it's effectively the Flannan Island Lighthouse just off the uh, west coast of Lewis, um, out into the sea. Effectively, there was it was it's kind of like the Mary Celeste of the lighthouse story. There was a group of three lighthouse keepers just vanished from the island. Now, Vary and I were over at Lewis. I'm trying to remember. I think it was just last year. The island. Yeah, we were at Lewis, the Isle of Lewis last year, and we wanted oh, to wow. go out to the Flannan Isles at Lighthouse, but it's a three-hour boat trip into the Atlantic Ocean. Is it really? It's, yeah, sorry. We three saw hours? It, it's three hours on a very small boat to go, oh, well, okay. it's, it's 20 miles in very rough oh. seas on a very small boat to get to the Lighthouse, and oh. it was something like a three-hour round trip to go round and back again. You know, but uh, so we decided not to do it at the time. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. This one, there's been movies made about this. There's been books written about a lot of books written about this. Some people think it's uh, as, as it says here. Some people suspect sea monsters were a cause. There's even mm-hmm. stories of selkies. Uh, you know, the creatures that come from the sea. Uh, no. bear, what are they of, called? Selkies, they are seals that adopt the guise of women to attract men. Oh, like sirens? To to mate with, yes, sirens, and and to to wed them. And the story Uh, of the selkie is if the man ever finds her seal skin, she has to hide her seal skin when she comes on shore. If the man ever finds the seal skin and takes it, she can never return to the sea until she gets it back again. So she's effectively trapped on land. Hmm? Until you marry her. So you marry her. Yeah, but oh, that's, that's take a break, point. I guess. Okay. Do you have Goodbye. a paranormal event, book, or something else you How want people to know that? about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month. Get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, 
and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. back you are listening to the scottish edition of uh, ghost chronicles next generation with uh steven scott and ron kolick and uh it, this on uh, i think it's chewing the fat they always have a uh lighthouse that on the show and uh they have the two lighthouse keepers and uh <laughs> don't you know they, that <laughs> yeah yeah that's how i learned that nay is like not on uh, right. on, yeah yeah, that's how I learned it. See, I'm learning Scottish by watching these shows. It's 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 intriguing, uh, but yeah, they do that all the time. Is that a, a real lighthouse, by the way? Do you know? It, it will be, I suspect. Yeah, I don't know where they film it, unfortunately. Uh, I'm a yeah. terrible source of information. Yeah, um, really. <laughs> you sure you live in Scotland? I mean, you know, this is I. Yeah, but you know. I'm your typical person. I mean, I I live in a place and know nothing about it. I know more uh, about other places I've been to. You know, that's that's just the way of the world, isn't it? We tend not I to guess. take too much interest in where we live, you know, because it's where we work. <laughs> yourself. <laughs> anyway, so we talked about the lighthouse and the disappearance of the mm. three lighthouse keepers. They found actually food still on a table and everything else and everything like that. Yeah, it was really strange. It was it was literally like the Mary Celeste. They just there there had been no lighthouse signal that night, I think, and they went out to investigate and these guys were just gone. Um so it could have been anything. Uh there's yeah. just been a film made about it as well, I believe. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but uh, I'll post it on the Ghost Chronicles page for you once I once I find it. It's okay. ba- loosely based on the events of it, you know, but um but then again, nobody really knows what happened, so... Mm. Well, we get a medium out there, we could probably contact them and uh, yeah, see. But that's assuming they died out there. Yeah, There's true. also... Th- I mean, uh, I think one of the films I've seen that's based on it is they discover the treasure and they all took off. <laughs> so, there's, I mean, that's a possibility. It's. Um, I suppose. You know, so there's, there's no reason to say that anyone actually died there. Or, you know, maybe they were carried away by Great Cthulhu. We don't know. <laughs> no one really knows. Maybe maybe it was a Viking longship that came out of the... No, that dimension. I could relate to. Another, yeah, another yeah. dimension, you know, and, and we're not... For the... <laughs> yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah, I'll write a new book on this one, too. <laughs> Ridiculous uh, thing. Anyways, so let's go on to the next one, which is the Bible John 1960. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was this terrified a lot of people for a long time. Uh, this was really? just a random... Killer, basically, he was a random murderer who um, stalked the streets of Glasgow in the sixties and um, murdered, raped, and strangled women. Um, and apparently, uh, it all happened round the Barrowlands area, which is just in the east end of the city. And apparently, that um, he'd been quoted as using a Old Testament verse when speaking to them in the, the club. Wait a minute, how does time. he know he's using Old Testament? Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Old Testament. Speaking of all the dead people? No, 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 no. It'd been overheard. The, the suspect they had, one of the other girls that had been close to one of the murdered victims, oh. had heard her talking to a man who was quoting Old Testament verse while speaking oh. to her. If I remember that correctly, I remember a, there was a big series of features on this uh, a couple of years ago, and they, they actually made a kind of TV series about it as well, mm-hmm. you know, a kind of uh, a drama series based on about three or four episodes and it stretched out and I remember that from it. It was quite frightening at the time. It was a lot, but I mean, it, it terrified people in the streets of Glasgow because yeah. it was just such a... Glasgow's always been a violent place, but this was like... This was a, a real serial killer who didn't who had no motive other than women. There didn't seem to be that much of a pattern between them, if I remember right. Huh. They, they, they did look similar, if, if, if I remember correctly, but... Um, yeah, it, it's, it caused quite a lot of distress at the time. I would imagine it would. But, you know, we, we think of Scotland, we think of Ireland, we think of England, we think of these charming places, places with quaint villages and no crime and, you know, just a lovely place. Uh, but it, it's they're like every other country, right? Well, Glasgow's, for many years, Glasgow was known as uh, the no-mean city. And Glasgow had some of the worst violence cases in the UK and wow. beyond, uh, particularly things like knife crime. And it's, it's still quite prevalent. There's a lot of gang culture in Glasgow because mm-hmm. Glasgow's split into different areas and you can't cross from... If you're of a certain age and of a certain gender or type or you can't cross from one area into the next because you're encroaching on someone else, some other kind of gang turf or things like that, if you belong to oh, one group, geez. you can't cross into another. It's still very violent. Mm-hmm. It's just it's... Um, it's expanded beyond that now. It's much more a diverse place. And it's very different from it was... I mean, uh, the first time I went to Glasgow, I think I would have been about 10 or 11. So I'd have been around mm-hmm. about 82, 83. And it was a completely different city back then. Ah. Very violent. I mean, I'd, I'd, I remember, I think, my second trip to Glasgow. I was walking along one of the main streets with my friends. And these two boys walked past me. And I just remembered one of them saying, he's getting it as in they're, they're going to harm someone and they, they pulled out a Stanley knife and then quickly hid it away again and then walked off down a street oh, towards someone. You, you know, so it, it, it was it was that level of violence. It, it was just, mm-hmm. a, it was there. It was what was expected. But um, it's it's very different nowadays. You know, it's completely different now. Uh, the city centres, you tend not to see it at all. You, you know, mm. But certainly I do believe in the suburbs and the, uh, the areas and about the city, there's still quite a lot of violence in Glasgow. Not in the city proper, though. I mean, like the, you know, the tourist attractions, right? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. Not not often. Do you ever get yourself in a tough spot where you had to use your wits to get out of? No, I've usually got a good head for spotting it coming and avoiding it. Or I've, I've got a good sense, well, I've got a good sense of wits. The job I do in my daily life, you know, as an engineer and things like mm-hmm. that, I've got, I end up going to these places particularly one who works in safety and looking at how we can improve safety in areas. So um, you occasionally come face-to-face with some of the kind of the, the more deviant elements of society, but as long as, I always find as long as you deal with them in a very um, kind of up, up front and treat, treat them as human beings, you know, mm-hmm. they, don't, they, they don't want to do anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> they would rather just wait till you're away then get on with what they're trying to do you yeah. know so th- that's the kind of approach I usually take to it um, I, remember I, I, when I... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I do notice sometimes that um, 
because of my background and you know <laughs> my martial arts background, there's myself and one of my colleagues. He's a boxer. Uh, we get we we often get sent out to some of the rougher areas. One of my work, <laughs> it's a true story. In Edinburgh, one of my work colleagues was uh, assaulted by a group of boys while he was looking at replacing a um, a bus stop, basically, mm-hmm. and he was assaulted uh, by. a couple of youths with metal poles and bats oh. and they put them in hospital. So then we, we were sent out to that specifically with, you know, with a police escort in tow to do the work. But uh, they asked us to go and do it just in case anything did happen, you know. <laughs> Which sounds crazy. But lambs. <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah. So these things do happen from time to time. So, yeah, Scotland still has a kind of strong history of blood and violence and I think it will always be there. There's always that anger simmering under the skin of every Scotsman, you know, just, you know, centuries of oppression, that's all we'll say. Okay. I think it leaks out from time to time. I remember when I was a wee lad and I, I went to the Museum of Silence in, uh, Science in Boston on a field trip, and uh, this was by the bunch of other kids as well, you know, it was by the school. And, uh, of course, I went off by myself, as I often do. <laughs> and I was uh, looking at this thing, and the next thing I knew, I was surrounded by uh, six, uh, seven uh, young lads uh, trying to rob me. And they were all around me, and uh, they said, give me your money, or we're going to hurt you. And uh, I had this little thing that was there was like – this was in a, an exhibit. So there was two doors, one on the left and one on the right. So I looked to the, the left – and I said, Charlie! And uh, they all looked that way, and then I ran the other way. <laughs> and I got away. <laughs> well, so uh, I used my yeah, I, Exactly, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I teach my students to use their heads. Mm-hmm. And um, not to digress too much, but uh, one of my students was in a, a bar once, and he accidentally stepped back and knocked a drink over someone that was in their oh. hands. And he exactly. turned round and he, he was like level with the middle of this guy's chest. <laughs> His eyes, <laughs> eyes at nipple level kind of thing. And the guy was about a good, this, this man was about a good foot and a half taller than him. Oh, and he immediately started acting threatening. So my student, Alan, sat down, stuck his thumb in his mouth, tapped his head with his right hand and started rocking. <laughs> and his friend come up and looked at the big guy and said, look what you've done, look what you've done. And the big man turned and went, I'm sorry, I didn't know he did like, mental health issues, I'm really sorry. <laughs> he, he, fall, he just led him out the bar and then as the two of them got to the front door, they bolted. But this big man, who was so threatening one minute, just suddenly turned everything round and he was really apologetic the next, all because Alan acted like he had some sort of mental condition. Uh, which, to let's face it, I think was the best thing he could have done because this man would have just crushed him into a ball. So, yeah, always use your wits (laughs) before your fists. I agree with that. So, anyways, uh, and I played hockey, so I don't back down really easy. Uh, Is that ice hockey, you mean? Yeah, ice hockey. Oh, yeah, ice hockey. Oh, ice hockey, right. Yeah, never did, never did. (laughs) Don't back down. Uh, Yeah. Oh, God, I remember one. Uh, I'm regressing, but that's all right. I remember one game. I mean, we got to remember, I was the oldest guy in the league too, which was. <laughs> but I didn't get any respect. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I, re- I remember one game. Uh, we, we were going in the corner, and one of our guys uh, crunched this other 
guy. But he was a little shot guy, but he's a little shifty guy. You know, he could go right around you. So he kind of like laid into him into the boards and he got knocked down and everything else. So this big mammoth of a hockey player for this, that team went over him and shoved him backwards and start, started to, to go at him. And I stepped right in the, in the middle of him and told him, like, back off. And the next thing I know is, like, 12 of my guys grabbing me and pulling me away. It's like, seriously? <laughs> the guy could have crunched me in a second. But, uh, yeah, anyway. You know, you know tenacity will always trump, um, yeah. you know, mass every time. It's You've just got to look at the, you know, how larger animals, uh, smaller animals take down bigger animals. They just, you know, yeah. brains and guts <laughs> usually yeah. went out. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next mystery before we do run out of time is the McRae, Mrs. McRae murder mystery, 1976. Mm-hmm. Renee McRae and her young son, Andrew, left their Inverness is that Inverness, right? yeah. Inverness home, apparently to spend the weekend with her sister in, wow, Kilmarock. Kilmarock. That's what Kilmarnock. I love. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we yeah. sent your Christmas card there. <laughs> Kilmarock. <laughs> just thought of that. <laughs> looking at it, going, I recognize that. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, a bus driver passing a remote lay-by. Dalmagari. What the hell is a lay-by? A lay-by, it's, it's uh, an area just off the road where you can stop your car if you need to oh, okay. check maps well, or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, passing a remote lay-by at Del Maggi. Del, Del Magari. Del Magari. Del Magari. He sounds like C-3PO if he's had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> He saw flames. <laughs> he saw flames rising from the moorland beyond, and, and on further investigation, found the burning car. The vehicle was registered to Mrs. McRae, but there was no sign uh, she or her son had perished in the fire. They did. Their disappearance is British Britain's longest-running missing yep. persons case. Yes, yes. There's a theme here. I don't know if you've noticed it, is that if something happens to you in Scotland, you're doomed. It's never going to be solved. You'll never um, find you. <laughs> you'll live, they'll either never find you or it'll never be resolved. Um, yeah, I remember this, actually. Uh, I would Wait a minute, do you think they ran off, she ran off with the lighthouse keepers? I, I don't think so. There's a little bit of a difference between the Isle of Lewis and, okay. and, and the Bulls just outside Dalmagari. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like about 10 hours worth of travel. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's I, I do remember this one, actually. Uh, I actually recognised a photograph there when I saw her, but um, I, I remember at the time, I was very, very young, but I remember my gran and grandpa uh, talking about it. At the time, oh. I remember being with them uh, and in their house when this was all happening. So, yeah, um, I was aware of that one. But, um, I, and again, it's never been solved to this day. So they, they don't know what happened to them. But they, it didn't look like they were in the car. So it's really? it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah. It's a, well, apparently they didn't find any bodies in the car. I know. That's the interesting thing. They just seem to disappear in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get yes. some creatures there to eat people. When they're dead. Yes, they're called they, locals. They, they uh, come out of the sea. <laughs> it's distinctly possible. Um, a lot of the moorlands are very harsh. Um, yeah. and the, the route between Inverness, I mean, Inverness to Kilmarnock's a good six hours travel if you take ah. it 
at a regular pace. You know, it can take a long time to get there. So mm-hmm. it's 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 not a a quick journey. So there's you know there's a lot that can happen, mm-hmm. in in between times. Um, yeah, I do remember that one. I do remember that one. Mm, weird stuff. Well, moving on to our next one, which is this one I've never heard of. The Doors, two thousand four. Yeah, I've not heard of this. Oh no, the wait, doors, yes I do. I do remember doors, this now. Yeah. Yeah. The doorstep murder. Bank manager Alistair Wilson was shot yes. dead on the doorstep of his home in Naren on November twenty eighth, two thousand four, by a stocky man wearing a Make America Great cap baseball cap. <laughs> I really doubt it was a MAGA one. That's for sure. Uh, the police... No, it was just a baseball cap. Sorry, just, people. Yeah. Uh, the police inquir- inquiry into the shooting uh, has focused on a... A Hanemsel model one Schmeisser. Oh, Hander. thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Made in Germany between 1920 and 1945, which was found down a street drain in the town. The ammunition used in the shooting was made by... Celia and below. Oh, thank you. <laughs> in the Czech Republic between 1983 and 1993. Yeah. Despite so, uh, efforts, the police mm, never find a killer. So it, it, it was a, effectively, a kind of, it looks like a remnant from the First World War handgun. Oh, no, yeah. wait, it was made between 20 and 45, so it's a Second World War Schmeiser pistol mm-hmm. that was used in the shooting using ammunition that was only available for 10 years between 83 and 93. Yeah. Uh, which th- th- went out of circulation basically 10 years before the shooting took place. So it's, yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? <laughs> it is, really. And yeah. uh, once again, unsolved. Hmm. It's unsolved, yes. Do, do, they have, do they have police in Scotland? They're rubbish. <laughs> we do, but they're they're pretty crap, um, apparently. Um, no, uh, you know, I've, uh, Scottish Police Forces, uh, Police Scotland, do a, do do a great job. You know, um, you know, eating donuts and taking up space in car parks. <laughs> um, you, know. uh, you better hope nobody in Scotland hears this uh, podcast. No, they'll agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you bring them donuts on your trip? To... <laughs> well, whenever you see those blue lights going, you know, and they're streaming through the town, I just keep yep. thinking that's McDonald's down to two donuts left. Um, <laughs> they're going to get it. <laughs> they're going to get them before they run out. Um, oh, this is interesting. Ah, unknown Baron? Bairn. 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 Ben. Bairn. Ben. 1971. Do you know, I've, I've, I've been studying Norwegian this year, just as something to do. Really? And I've noticed that there's an awful lot of Norwegian and Germanic influence in the Scottish language. Because bairn is, comes from the word barn, yeah. which is the Norwegian for child. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we've taken it and it's just been slightly Scottishized. And this whole west coast of Scotland, and, and particularly the east coast, we got hammered by Vikings. Uh, we, yeah. we, were, we spent years kicking them back out and they went Ireland too. Ireland, uh, the yeah. the big city there. What the heck's the, the uh, big city on the coast of Ireland? Uh, everybody knows it, which I can't think of the freaking name of it right now. Uh, it was a Viking city, actually. Mm. It was founded by the Vikings. Anyway, so moving yeah, right yeah. around. On uh, Adele May in 1971, a Fife. Fife, yes. Mm. And his son, what is it, Postman Take 
the sun with him when he does the rounds? Is that how well, it no, works? No, he, he might not have been working at the time. He was just a postman. Oh, okay. Well, uh, he, might have, post... he might have taken the sun. Well, maybe it was the 70s. Take your son to work. Well, remember as well, when the schools stopped for leave, ah, you know, the, a lot of people took that. I mean, I used to go with my mum. My mum worked in a bar. I used to go and sit in the bar all day and read oh, books. Oh, there you go. And, there you go. I'm all good know, with so that. It did happen. It did happen. Mm. Anyways, uh, they came across uh, what they thought was a dog washed up at the beach in Tayport. Uh, mm. I say that right? Yes. Thank God. Uh, it was a body of a boy aged around three, still wearing what looked to be a pajama top. Uh, nothing suggested he died of anything other than natural causes. Despite ongoing appeals and uh, huge new co news coverage, nobody ever came forward to claim or identify the child. That's sad. Mm -hmm. Numerous theories have been uh, put forth, including that the family were unable to meet funeral costs, uh, maybe get buried at sea. That's an idea. And uh, had a uh, maybe he had been on a ship uh, visiting Tay. Uh, people of Tayport raised money, and he was buried in the village where the community representatives pay their respects once a year. His headstone reads, "Erected by the people of Scotland in memory of the unknown Baron Ban." Ban. 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 That's B A I R N. Ban. <laughs> yeah, this it's I've again I've I've heard of this one because I've I've driven through Tayport mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't realise at the time uh, I've probably driven past that uh, monument. monument and just not known what it was so that's that's really interesting. Yeah, so you'll check very it out, sad but... as well. Oh, well, I can yeah. check that out if you want me to check that out. You can check that out. Road trip. Is there a lighthouse there? They show a picture of a lighthouse in Um. <laughs> It could be a lighthouse, or it could. It certainly seems to be a lighthouse. I mean, we've got lighthouses all over the yeah. west coast of Scotland and the east coast. You know, they're everywhere. Um, yeah. There's an awful lot of lighthouses here, and some of them are now homes. They've been converted into homes as well. Oh, but, I'd, love uh, I'd love to live in a lighthouse. I would love to live in a lighthouse. I think mm -hmm. it'd be fabulous. My wife would, would definitely want to live in a lighthouse. You know. Yeah. I want her to live in a lighthouse. It doesn't mean I've got to live with her. It just means she's going to go and live in a lighthouse. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the lighthouse. You can always, you know, go up in the tower. <laughs> It'd be so cool, wouldn't it? I would love to live in a lighthouse. Because mm -hmm. uh, our lighthouses are slightly different from your lighthouses, I've noticed. Really? They're, they are actually, and I, I don't mean any bias, they are a lot taller from the ones I've seen, particularly around about New England. They all seem to be quite small and kind of, I've used the word stumpy. Certainly the ones I saw seem to be quite stumpy. Ours... Ours over here, they've got to clear the cliff tops as well, so they they, uh, they can be quite tall. They can be right, maybe right. four stories, five stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I'm on the board of directors of uh, Portsmouth. Yes, Harbour that's Lighthouse. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse was actually taller. And then when they built Whaleback's Lighthouse off the coast, which we own, is they uh, cut off 80 feet of. Uh, ah, Portsmouth right. Harbour. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that would so make you, sense, you, you, what you happens? You don't want to. You you want them to be distinguished apart uh, from each other and of so course, forth. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. so anyway, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, next one. The Malbrazé. Yeah, easy for you wow. to say. Malbrazé. Yeah. That's it. Who's that? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, big bra. Uh, I don't know. The Malbrazé. No, I think. Bad win. It's something wind, yeah. I don't know, mal. No, it's yeah. not bad. It's not mal. It's mala, uh, mala Brazil. I'm not sure. Don't know what it means. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is... Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about this. In, uh, April it was a French warship. Yeah. 1940, a French warship... Uh, Basically blew itself up. Uh, was uh, anchored at Green Knock. Uh, for some unknown reason, a torpedo towed one board, malfunctioned, launching a torpedo... What? Torpedo into the ship's deck. Fuel yeah. tanks were uh, set ablaze. But then the terrifying uh, bit happens. The crew abandoned ship. Many of the sailors were trapped in a mess hall. Uh, a local doctor made a tough decision to administer morphine to the trapped sailors through the portholes yeah. to make certain their deaths was less painful. Basically, yeah, basically yeah, he allowed them to overdose on morphine so, oh. that, so that they would die without drowning because the, the, the ship was going under and really? burning at the same time, yeah. yeah oh, they couldn't get them out. They were trapped. That's kind of sucky. Mm. Do you know, you know, uh, Cleopatra, uh, she killed herself with a, uh, uh, was it an asp? Or a I cobra? believe it was an asp. Asp, yeah. According to the myth, it's an asp, do, yeah. Do you know, yeah, do you know, do you know why she did that? No. Because unlike uh, uh, most snake bites, the asp, and I believe it's the cobra too, uh, you actually go out smiling. All right. Because because what it does, it it, it lights all your remorphins. You get wicked high. Uh, okay. So okay. yeah. So you basically suffocate to death, but you're very happy when it happens. Really? Wow. <laughs> Just... I I yeah, there was a horrible way to go. In fact, it was a pain in the asp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're. I don't know what time. I said two minutes. I'm not sure if that's two minutes to the bell or two minutes to the end of the show. But anyway. Uh, just before we do go, uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about Stephen Scott, how could they? Uh, they could uh, go on to my WordPress ah, site, yeah. Stephen dot com. Okay, and uh, I understand that you're going to be filling in for me on uh, next Tuesday as well. Right? I believe so. Yes, yeah. Steve asked me to do my, but I didn't know I was filling in. Uh, I wasn't aware yeah. of that. So yeah, my my yeah. wife is going in for an operation, so oh, I will not okay, be well. around. I'll keep, and, you, uh, keep her in my prayers run. Well, and thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll put her in the healing book for the church as well, that everything goes well. Awesome. Thank you very much. So we'll do a quick one. we got the seabed off of Drumbeg. Drumbeg uh, in Sutherland. Sutherland lies an unknown wreck. Three cannons and a wooden hut <sighs> yeah. main, but archaeologists have failed. To, couldn't find the story behind it. Local fishermen have known of the wreck since the 1990s, uh, but there's no historical records of it going down. One theory was the Dutch East India Company, which collapsed in 1799. Researchers suggest some of the crew may have survived, but no leaks have been traced. Yeah. Of course, this, this is possible because there's a lot of the graveyards in Edinburgh have got uh, people from the Dutch East India Company actually yeah. buried there. There was a lot of traffic to and from uh, as as part of the East India Company uh, way back way way back in the days so um yeah that's that's distinctly possible uh certainly in the 18th century there was a lot of trade and travel going on through there and uh there's there's some amazing stories on some of these graves in edinburgh and mm -hmm. in the, in the old churchyards well, that's intriguing too do you know there are there are reports of hauntings underwater i don't know if you knew that yes i'm aware of that yeah, mm. yeah. which is kind of intriguing i remember there used to be a uh uh, paranormal group that that's what they did they investigated in the water all the time and that's uh i had them on the show i don't know if they're still around but I mean, uh that's deep 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Steve, Sorry. I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today, and I, I appreciate it. And as we went through uh, some of the mysteries of Scotland, and yeah. there were quite a few. It was nice to Yeah, and uh, thank you for filling in for me next week. So, till next time, uh, good night and God bless everyone. Okay. Good night, all. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. It's the 